Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, June 28, 2018, and we're here tonight with Carrie. And Carrie, we're going to talk about the tax court, how to get your tax court judgment and get get free from the IRS legally with a court order. <laughs> so, Carrie, did you have any kind of a lesson or anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah. No, not really. Okay, because I've got something oh. that I want to mention. Who is making that noise? How do you mute? Star six to mute. If you got a little kid in the background, star six to mute. Okay, so uh, let me see here. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see, we got this uh, document that I sent you, a no-fee petition. Right. I'm a little confused about this. I'm bringing it up right now. It's taking a little bit of time. Okay, so this one says, comes now petitioner moves its honorable court to file the attached petition under the following citations of law, which state that it goes through that thing that, we talked about about the the Hale versus Hinkle and Crandall and so forth. So my question: This sample is written to go with the petition. Would you recommend sending this with your petition, or waiting until they do something, and then kind of reword it and send it back in? I would wait until they reword it because we're still getting. 75 or 80 percent of the people are still getting without uh, uh, without saying that pay, paying the fee. Once they come back and say pay the fee, then send it. There's no reason to bog it down. Right. So I would recommend to go in there and just do it without the $60. When they come back and they say about the $60, then go back and tell them to do that. Okay. And what that does, and then what that does, it, it, it'll. I just think it'll work better that way. Now you say that you've never seen one where they demanded the sixty dollars, you let it expire, then you come back, and then they they say it again. Well, the gal that we spoke with yesterday, that's exactly what happened. She filed her second one, and then on the second one, they came back again and sit with the order and said you have to pay. Well. That's the first time, like I said, there's a few things that are happening that hasn't happened before. Okay. And the reason for it is they're they're trying to get out from under this. They don't know how to get out from under it. So, so far, I think that's the only thing they've got. Okay. So she'll have to go back and, and, and uh, do it now. Okay. All right. 
right, we're getting some noise. Okay, so you guys, um, if does anybody have any questions for Carrie, hit star eight on your phone. Okay. Okay, Massachusetts. Go ahead. Hi, Gary. Dad. Hello. Hi, this is Kevin in Massachusetts. Hey, Kevin. Um, I. He's the one that uh, wrote that document, by the way. Good. Thank you, Kevin. Sure. I hope that was uh, helpful. Uh, we just. It's going to be. It's going to be. But I just am opening up the letter from the tax court saying that they want it, and uh, we're going to use that to uh, respond to the letter. One of the, the only question I have is, um, I don't know if you're able to do this, but you've talked a couple of times about the four to five page letter that the attorney writes back once they decide they're going to dismiss the case. Yes. And I think it would be helpful for everyone if we could get a redacted copy up on the uh, site so that we see the language that they're using. I'm sure a few people would benefit from seeing that and realizing that it uh, it's it's powerful and actually works. We can do that if Tad if Tad wants if Tad doesn't mind doing it. It's yeah, fine. go for it. Go for it. Just we'll get on. I remember all the stuff I'm supposed to do. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I'm certainly available to help if you need some help in that stuff. I can do that. No, it's okay. just stuff that I have to do, but perhaps right. reword that so that um, yeah. that document so that um, it's kind of after the. After you receive the notice or the or the order to pay, right. That's all I had. Okay. If anybody's got any questions, hit star eight on your phone. Star eight. <clears throat> Somebody's uh, hitting something, but it's not star eight. Star eight. There star, we go. Star star. Uh, California, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, your phone just unmuted. Go ahead. My question is, when we respond to the tax court, does it have to be in pleadings form? Or can you just send in the letter? You can go ahead and do form two again. Um, I got a amended petition yesterday. I'll send it to Tad, and he'll put it up there. It says amended petition right on it. You just have, and it's a fill in the blanks. I got it yesterday. I just haven't had a chance to send it over to him. Okay. I'll I'll send it over to you. It looks just like two, except it has. Amended on it. You'll see. This is it's an amended petition. Just do the amended petition and then send it in. So, so where I stand right now is, is I filed the petition. They come back in one of the sixty bucks. 
I've mailed them the Supreme Court letter, but I didn't put it in pleadings form. Would, well, should I just well, should, no? Let's just wait and see what happens. You, that way, you may be able to answer the question. If that works, then that's all we need to do. Okay, that's all. That's all I need to know because that's what I've done. I told Tad yeah. that, and if if you if it's best just to wait, then I, I will go ahead and wait. I don't I don't want to upset the apple cart. Right. So what you did, keep us informed on it. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a amended petition up there where you can use that if you need to do anything. But until then, um, what you did is fine. Let's see what happens. I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. I hope so, because I'm going to hate to have to get in line again. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay, thanks, so, guys. That's all I needed. Thank so, you. So, um, Carrie, how would you use the amended petition? Let's be very clear about that. Okay. Let's say the uh, let's say the uh, uh, petitioner, no, the the respondent since then that they gave you a notice of deficiency for one year and they want to put sanctions on you. You take the amended petitions and go in there and say, I didn't get one and the sanctions, they can't use them. Or you pay the $60, you just go in there and tell them the $60 is not, I don't have to pay it because, and then you put it down there. Okay, you would put that into the amended petition? Yes, and then you would mail it back to them. Okay, because we're talking about... Okay. Hello, can you hear because, me? Yes, it's star eight if you want to talk, please. So the... Um, so we're talking about two different documents. I'm kind of confused. We have the one that mentions the Supreme Court case, uh, which is kind of the one that you looked at. Yeah, then you can cut and paste, and you can just send that one if that's what they're saying. But that's not the only thing they say. There's times when you need us, uh, uh, you know, you might want to, they may come back and say, um, we want a more definite statement. Well, then you might want to put in a more definite statement. Then you, we have a we have a uh, amended petition to do so. Okay. Okay, so if all you get is the order to pay the $60, then you can use the court pleading format document that we were talking about earlier on that. If you want to, that's correct. You know, but you got to understand something. If you make it real difficult, we're going to lose some people here. So what we're trying to do is make it simple enough that they'll be able to follow it. Some people think that it's easier to do it this way with the petition. Okay, so we can do it. A, so we can do it either way. We can put in a court format thing that says I don't have to pay. Here's why, and put that in. Yes. Or we can do an amended petition that says I don't have to pay. Here's why. Yes. Okay. So you have your choice. I get it. Okay. Okay. So does anybody else have any questions? Hit star eight. How you feeling, Carrie? Good. I'm good. Are you? Are you like uh, tired or anything, or burned out? No, or? no. I'm having trouble seeing. 
until to, until they get finished up my eyes. I had sure. that I had that eye surgery today and it's it makes it hard for me to see stuff. But after okay. tomorrow I'll have the second one done, then I'll be fine. It's all okay. good. Okay. So if you have any questions, hit star eight, folks. <clears throat> How's your feet doing? <laughs> yeah, they're good too. Okay. Um, so, do you have any other developments for us, or anything that's happened, or any stories you want to tell? Or well, there's a guy on here um, from Missouri, Mr. Biv. Show me. Yeah, yeah. The show me state. If he wants to talk, he can. We open the floor up to him. Yeah. About Mr. his court, his court skirmish. Mr. Roy G. Biv, if you want to talk, hit star eight. We spoke to you yesterday. All right, Missouri, show me. Go ahead, Roy. We got you. Did you mute your phone? I, hey, I sent you. Yes, there we go. There okay. we go. Um, I, um, all I can say is do what Carrie says to do because it worked. <laughs> I, uh, he got me out of the hole pretty, pretty well and, I can't get the court to respond to me, so Carrie says that's good. Um, I uh, I haven't got my motion back from the tax court yet. They the courts tied that up, or the IRS has tied that up, and they don't want to uh, release it because of what's going on right now. And that's what that's why I. Mine hasn't come to a conclusion yet, or that's what I think. So, would you like to give us a more detailed description of your situation? Well, um, I pleaded guilty, which uh, you know the the attorneys that they give you say that they work for you, but they don't, and. I pleaded guilty because he said that would be a uh, five years is better than 28, something like that. So um, that's why I pleaded guilty. And then after reading everything that I pleaded guilty with, they were gonna they were gonna hassle me for the rest of my life and everything up. And you gotta. You're on probation, and you got to call into the probation officer all the time. It's just uh, a never-ending war story. Kerry told me about his brother, what they did to him, and and uh, it got me thinking. And and Kerry said, "Hey, you're going to have to stand up and and uh, object if you want this thing to go away because." Otherwise, you don't have anything to appeal later, and uh, and they're going to get paid, and and they don't care if you rot in there. So I started waking up, and 
first thing I did was for court, I I put in a, a um, affidavit, a, an affidavit into the court, and uh, and then that gave me uh, an affidavit of truth, which stated really what was going on, what the I. The IRS agent did, and and uh, what the attorney did to me, and uh, so therefore the judge wouldn't sentence me. I was I was to be sentenced that day. That I put this into the court, and the judge didn't uh, said he couldn't sentence me, um, but he was going to. And my attorney, uh, before we walked into court, told me. He wasn't going to represent me anymore, and that I was going directly to jail if I did what I was going to do. And you know, there again, he threatened me, and I asked him if he was going to put it into the court for me. Uh, the and uh, he said no, he's going to do that because, of course, it was going to be for me and not for him. So um, uh, when we when we met in the in the uh, courtroom. The judge asked uh, the attorney, my attorney, if everything on that paper that I'd submitted was correct and true, and he said, "Yes, it is." Well, therefore, uh, and then and then after he stated that, he started telling the judge that I was a tax protester and all that, and that's when I stood up and I said, "I object, Your Honor," and and uh, Carrie said, "If you don't object, you're you're." You're saying everything is gonna that they're saying is true. So I objected three times, and and um, now if they ever sentence me, I can I can uh, appeal and go to the next court and be through with those the guys that uh, don't want to do it by law. So that's where I am today, and uh, it's only because of. Uh, process okay. what he is doing is, is working. Okay, so what he's basically saying is he, he pleaded guilty to five years in prison, 10 years of probation, and 20 years of, of uh, something else. And so he was already guilty, and all they wanted to do then is sentence him. He went to the sentencing. And all we did is please, uh, told the uh, IR the uh, judge that the IRS did a substitute for return. We handed him the paperwork, and um, it ha- that's where it's been. How long has that been, Roy? About two months, three months? It's been. It was in May. May, June. So it's been about eight, eh, roughly eight weeks. Yes, it was the they last. Yeah, and they still haven't gotten back to him yet. So, so the bottom line is, jurisdiction won the day again. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Okay. We got yeah. Thank you too. By the way, we got somebody from California again. Okay. Your phone unmuted. Go ahead. California, I just unmuted your phone. You had your hand raised. Go ahead. Maybe your phone is mute. 
There we go. You did something. Okay. I guess they don't want to talk. I guess they meant to hit star six instead of star eight. Um, all right. Anybody else hit star eight to raise your hand, and we'll call on you. Okay, while we're waiting for you to do that, I'm going to try to explain what we're trying to do. Jurisdiction is very powerful. If they don't have it, they don't have it. Since I've been doing this, I get into these discussions. Well, you got to be careful not to walk in and say anything. You got you can't raise your hand, you can't plea, you can't talk to them. All of that in my opinion is is bogus. The reason I say that is if the court does not have jurisdiction, you can get on your hands and knees and beg them to take it. They can't get it. And the reason they can't get it because they don't have it. So I keep telling people it's not about you. So if you go to court, rather than getting beat up, raise your right hand and plea because the plea will not give them jurisdiction. If they don't have it, you can plea anything. You can you can confess to the crime if you want. If they don't have jurisdiction, they can't get it. They can try to fool you into it, but they can't get it. And, there, and, and uh, there's two kinds of jurisdiction, in rem and in personam. In rem is subject matter, and in personam, is personal. It's possible, and they have to have both. If the court doesn't have both, they have nothing. Now, they could maybe get in rem, but they'll never get in personam. And the reason they'll never get in personam because the Bill of Rights says you have unlienable rights. So if the IRS has a lien on you, they have violated the law, and it's very, very serious. What we're doing is we're showing you how to reverse that. Now, <clears throat> what they're doing is they're giving you a notice of lien or a notice of levy. So they're really, they, because they know they can't lien you. The reason they're using a notice of lien and a notice of levy because they have to do a 23C in order to get a lien or a levy. They can't do a 23C because they have to certify and guarantee that what they have said is true. So they they won't do them. So they've gone to this notice of deficiency, notice of uh, de- de- deficiency, notice of determination, notice of lien, notice of levy. Now, what really makes it so bad is when they give you a notice of lien, they're, they're monetizing it. They're monetizing it as a lien. So therefore, that's where the, now there's, they just keep getting in deeper and deeper and deeper. If you did a funny off-the-wall um, uh, tax return like an OID or something like that, the IRS has probably come back and told you this is frivolous. Now what they've done is you, they, you say that they owe you $50,000. They come back and say, no, you owe us $50,000. The only way they could have done that is to do a substitute for return, that, or, or for short, an SFR. An SFR 
They cannot do it for a 1040 form. Just go to their internal revenue manual tells you that. That's what we use with Roy. They did the SFR. They admitted they did it. And by doing so, they lose their jurisdiction. So let's say you, let's say they're after you for 2011, 12, and 13. If if they did an SFR in 11, they lose their and they all they're all on the same ticket. They lost their ability to collect on any of them. And the reason for it is, as soon as they did the SFR, they broke that they broke the law. And by breaking the law. They brought fraud, and you're not liable, and you don't have to do what fraud is. And the reason I say it's not about you, because when you go to the court and you say, I'm here by special appearance, that doesn't mean anything. Because whether you're here by special appearance, general appearance, or you're just here because you're here, once the once you get something indicted or you get a uh, uh, something against you and you have to end up in court, the document that got you there has to be 100% perfect. They can't, they can't say that uh, your son did it, so you're going to do the time. Everything has to be in its place. That's why it's not about you. It's about the IRS. They're used to cut, taking shortcuts. What this does is it stops them from taking shortcuts. If they say you did something, then you have to have done it. If they say you did something and they created that something, like doing an SFR, making you liable for something, they can't do that. And you can use that because they lose their jurisdiction. So I, what I'm finding out is jurisdiction is big. You can challenge jurisdiction at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. There's not many laws you can do that with. But once you challenge their jurisdiction, if they don't prove it, that's what the law says. So all you have to do is say, I object. File an appeal, and when you get to the appellate court, if they did not prove jurisdiction and the judge overturns it, he doesn't overturn just the, just that portion. He overturns everything. So if they won't show it to you, just get out as much as you can. I didn't file, I didn't this, I didn't do that, I didn't this. That way, what happens is once you appeal it, everything gets overturned. Now, when I was indicted, a couple of the methods and a couple of the things that I found out was everything the IRS touches is done in fraud. So, if you go and look at their... Uh, if you go look at the Internal Revenue um, 1040 instruction booklet, there's several things in that booklet that tells you you're not liable. You don't have to file. They tell you that in there if you just read it. The problem is all we do is we want to lay the 1040 on the table and fill it out and get out of there. I've heard this all my life, too, for all the time I've been doing this. If you sign if you sign the 1040, that's a contract. You're contracting with them. Well, the way I understand contracts, contracts is a two-party. You have to have both parties sign it. The 1040s that I signed, I used to sign. What that was is 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 I signed it and the IRS didn't. Therefore, it no one voids that too. 
So if you want, if they owe you money in one year, do a 1040. If the next year you owe them, don't do one. See, this is your stuff. It's your deal. It's not theirs. Now, for those of you that don't know this, they have two kinds of agents. They carry a pocket commission. The pocket commission is their badge with a picture on it so you know it's them and it's got their name on it. The pocket commission is either an A, which is administrative, or E, which is um, enforcement. The only people that can enforce, of course, would be the enforcement. The only people that can do the administration is the, is the A's. The problem is the enforcement, there's no enforcement regulation in, in Title 26. So all enforcement, e-badges or e-pocket commissions come from Title 27. That's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. There's another jurisdictional argument. So if they're trying to enforce it, you ask them, where do you get your jurisdiction? They're going to tell you from the IRS. Wonderful. That's probably true. But it has to be from the administrative side because that's Title 26. So, again, you challenge jurisdiction. If they tell you they don't have to tell you, all you have to do is say, oh, I object. Then when you finally get in front of somebody, you tell them, this knucklehead is Title 27. And you can know that by uh, somebody has it out there, I'm sure, and will be glad to share it with us. But it, it's the, uh, what is that called, where, the, uh, where they tell you section so-and-so, it has title so-and-so. It's, um, I, I just drew a blank on it. Um, do you know what it is, Tad? What's it called? I'm not following. Okay, there's a there, <clears throat> the Title 26 has Section 7701. Then uh-huh. there's a the regulation. The um, implementing the, regulations. Uh, implementing regulations. There, okay. There's an implementing regulation for every regulation in Title 26, and you'll see every time there's a place that they sell, tell you, well, you owe so much money because of implementing regulation 7701 or whatever it is, go pull that and it'll say title 27. And the reason for it is there's no there's no enforcement regulation in title 26. So if anybody has the um, code of regulations and don't mind sharing it, if you can get it to Tad, he can get it on his, website that would be good then you can download it and have it and 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 so what they're doing is most of it's done because of our ignorance and i'm not saying you're stupid you just don't know that's not what you do for a living so you don't understand so what we have to do is we have to be smarter than them and to be smarter than them all you have to do is have an iq of one (laughs) because what they do, I had an agent come to my house, and uh, they got there, and, and I asked, "What? Uh, hello, uh, are you a, I want to see your pocket commission. Is it an A or an E? The IRS agent said, it's an A. I said, do you have a gun in your, on you? I do. I said, leave it in the car. They told me they weren't going to. They have to wear it. I said, well... 
I'm not going to let you in. Well, I'm here now. You have to let me in. I'll let you in, but leave your gun in the car. I can't. I said, fine, come on in. I sat him at my table. I went into my bedroom, and I got my um, assault rifle out. I unloaded it, and I laid it on the table. They said, what's that? I said, well, you work for the government. The government told me that guns kill people. That's a trained rifle. If yours goes off, buddy, that one will hone in on it. That's just how I have it trained. Um, And uh, so go ahead. Well, I don't want that there. I want your gun put in the car. I can't. No problem. That sits right there because the government said guns kill people. (laughs) Mine's trained. If yours goes off, it'll hone in on it. So this went on for about 10 minutes. The IRS agent stood up and says, this meeting is adjourned. I said, that's fine. The door's right there. They packed up and they left. Now, I haven't heard from them in about nine years. But the problem is, all I do is what they, I, I don't ever, <clears throat> I'm not a very good one to tell to do something because I don't like to do it that way. They came in and I've heard the government time and time and time again say guns kill people. Well, if they have a gun, and it goes off, it might hit them, but it may hit me. So I brought a trained assault rifle <laughs> and laid it on the table. Now, I unloaded, took the clip and all that out of it, so it's, they were no danger. But see, that wasn't the issue. Looking at one of them things, they're pretty scary looking. So um, um, so if you just do what they do, what <laughs> Do what you read in their books and things. <clears throat> It'll bring you a long ways. If you're interested in it, I can show you in the 1040 instruction booklet. If you ask the questions, I'll hone in on it for you and tell you where it is, where you can read it for yourself in black and white, where it tells you you don't have to file the tax return. It tells you that in their own in their own writing. Because... Excuse me, because we understand this and we're challenging jurisdiction, if they don't have it, they don't have it. Now, I hope that made sense. Does anybody have a question? Yeah, we got somebody in Arizona. Go ahead. Hello. uh, I had a question. since IRS did an SFR fraud to Roy, not only yes. could he most certainly be dismissed, could he get punitive damages from them? Well, you're, in other words, you're asking if he can get paid, right? Yes. Well, Roy is being silent. Thank you, Roy. But the answer is yes. We're working on that now. We're going to get him a house full of cash. That's what we're working Wonderful. on. Now. Wonderful. Wonderful. And the reason for it is they lied. Now, I want you to think about something. Do you mind me asking you a question? No, I don't Arizona. mind at all. I'm sure it'll all right. be tricky. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not to make it tricky. But if you and I go to a seven eleven, 
you go with a baseball bat and you rob the 7-Eleven with a baseball bat and I rob the 7-Eleven with my real scary assault rifle, who would go to jail? Both. No, sir. You wouldn't because baseball bats are not illegal. Well, we've had several cases uh, recently in the West here, not specifying a state, but where people came in with uh, baseball bats and clubs and pipe. One of them came in with a four-foot pipe, and uh, they were arrested. You are correct, and the reason I said it that way is I wanted to show you. But, yes, I understand... The assault right. rifle is viewed as a much more lethal weapon, even though a baseball bat can bust your skull in a okay. split second. Okay. The problem is my assault rifle is not illegal. You see? It's not the assault rifle and it's not the baseball bat. It's the act. The act right. is illegal. The intent. Okay. There it is. The intent. The in- okay. So if the IRS came after Roy with intent, and it was no question about it, whether whether they put him in jail or not. See, that's where the law comes. That's what we have to focus on. What we're trying to focus on is we're trying to say, well, they're after the sentient. They're, they're after the living, breathing soul. Uh, I'm a, uh, I have blood running in my veins. Um, I'm, an, I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm not a taxpayer. Again, all of that doesn't matter. Go into the 7-Eleven and tell them, say, okay, I am not a U.S. citizen. If you don't give me the money, I'll brush your head open. You're still going to jail. See, it isn't about that. It's not about the person. No. Okay, right, but I'm, that, okay, that's what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, I got I'm you. Trying to get, okay, and what I'm trying to get across is the fact that when the IRS comes after you, if they're not proper and correct and doing it right, they're going to say, like they said to me when they tried to indict me, well, we didn't know. Well, that's fine. My dentist cut my toe off because I had a sore toe, and he cut the wrong toe off. And you know what he said? Well, I didn't know. So, so Elvin, he, he's okay. No, he has no jurisdiction on the feet. He better leave it alone. Same thing with them. If the IRS does not have jurisdiction, they better leave it alone. If not, then the intent is there. And there is a court to deal with that. <clears throat> and there's a form you can fill out to deal with that. Well, I would just—I was just going to mention, uh, yes. I've had to fight him several times, several audits, and every one of them they lied. And they counted, it's, and I showed it to them. It's simple math, but they must think all of us out here are stupid. But I had advanced math and uh, trigonometry and everything else. So here we are. They're telling me that when I take $10,000, a client puts in one account, then put it in. I put it, because it's convenient for a client, then I put it into another account so it can be dispersed to workers and buy materials for a job. They just said, I made another deposit and didn't count it. So then that ten grand became twenty grand, and then I transferred five to a different account. Now we're up twenty five thousand. Hell, they had me up to one hundred twenty thousand. I was just transferring money between accounts. I said, you know what? I told the guy, I said, you've got to be freaking kidding me. This is less than kindergarten, and I got the head IRS agent for this state, and she said, she said, 
I will take care of this. And I got a special letter, and it was all over. Right. Because it was all fraud. It was all lying. And and they were even one time, this is the kind of off-the-wall crap they hit you with. He says, hey, could you help me make moonshine? Are you freaking kidding me? An internal revenue is calling me and going to ask me about moonshine? Yeah, well, you know what you should have said? Jesus Christ. Absolutely. uh, Because, see, he's not BATF, so it wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) I mean, it's some of the stupidest stuff I've ever heard in my life just to try to see if they could trip you up, I suppose. Right. And see, if and so what you do is if they don't have jurisdiction, it doesn't matter what they say or what you say. <laughs> I told so. the agent, I said, I've got some stainless steel tanks and they would make good boilers. I'll sell them to you. <laughs> <laughs> see? That's good. See? That's good. Anyway. See? Yeah. See, what we have is what we have is is people that don't they get scared and and what happens when you have fear you're going to say something or do something that's not necessarily right and then you're going to admit yeah. to something that could could bite you. Well, so what, you t- I, what we're I really trying to do feel, here is get that rid of it. Uh-huh. I really feel sorry for Roy because he should have never admitted any guilt. He's guilty of well, nothing. Well, he's there now. We got him there now, and and uh, it worked out good. It worked out good for us because it opened his eyes. So he's uh, he's he's working every day, and it's been two months or three months, and they haven't gotten back to him. So so he's in good shape now. Um, and all that wow. the the thing that helped so much was substitute for return. See, they can't break the law to make you pay. That's the same thing as going into a 7-Eleven with a baseball bat taking their money. Oh, they gave it to me. Yeah, they did because they didn't want to get killed. That's what they're doing. Right. So we have to. So we can't focus on. See, people focus on all the time. Well, if you go to court, don't talk to the judge. Just stand silent. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's, and the reason it has nothing to do with that, the court doesn't have jurisdiction because of the because of the the, the um, uh, first ten amendments, the, they give you unleanable rights. So that protects you from the court. The court, chances are the court has no jurisdiction. I went and pulled 450 cases. Now, it was just in my state. They were county, they were state, they were feds, but they were all, and I went through each one of them. And out of the 450 that I personally looked at, not one of them had jurisdiction. And they all got convicted for something. So I thought, huh, I'm not a very bright guy. But if jurisdiction, 450 out of 450, that seems to me like that's where I should start. So So that's where I started. So yeah, we've, got well, a, we've got a plan now that works really, really well. Good. I just feel bad about Roy there. It's just like, my God. Oh, I know they'll nope. get you to admit that your mother well, isn't your mother. Well, by the time no. they're done, let's screw with you. Yep. Well, 
again, Roy was faced with 28 years, and he had oh a really God. good. Yeah, see, they were going to get him for 28 years. But if he, but if his lawyer, him and his lawyer worked together, they were going to give him a really good deal. So he yeah. signed guilty. So he, you know, so we brought up all he brought up was they did an SFR, and sure enough. Uh, uh, he said he didn't, but we had proof that they did. And then Roy was fast enough on his feet. He told the judge, he said, look, since the CID agent lied to a court and committed fraud, he says, don't you think that he should get 25 to life? (laughs) Now, see, we're on offense. That's an offensive move. So his attorney then said, "Uh, well, you know, whatever. We, you know, let's not... So he told the judge, he said, my attorney's in contempt of court. He said, 25 to life for him would be a good plan, too. Now you have a bunch of chickens <laughs> pecking each other. See, this is, okay, it sounds ridiculous and it sounds dumb, but that's what offense sounds like. Defense is when you're saying, well, Your Honor, I'll, I'll, I'll help me out here. See, he was on defense before, and he was going to get five years because defense, you can't win. Now that he's on offense. He got, he, you know, it's not over yet, but, but it's, but it's, it's not over, but it's over. Sounds good. Thank yes, you. And I, and thank you, Roy, for talking to us. Okay. Does anybody else have a question? It's star eight on your phone. And we'll call on you. It's star eight. Doesn't look like it. Okay. I think, I, I think we're good. Okay. Does okay before we go then? Does anybody in, is anybody in front of a computer and would look something up for me? Because I'm not in front of one. What did you want to look up? I want you to look up uh, 1040 instructions. Was oh, this the exercise we went through already? You and I did. Yes. Well. We did it on the call before, too. Okay, on page 99? Yes, uh, line 23, the most important line, the instructions aren't there. That's right, but that's not where we're at. It's line 22. Uh, on page 99, I want to show you another thing that they absolutely tell you. Instructions. Instructions. Uh-huh. Now, the other problem the IRS... Well, while you're looking it up, the other problem that the IRS has is oh. they always want to tell you that it's frivolous. Now, for those of you that know what an OID is, they say they're frivolous, yet they're still on their website. So I want you to think about this for a minute. The OID, I think, is made for Congress. That way Congress can get all this money back and they don't want to have any competition. Okay, did you download it? Yes. Page 99 is listed. No, go to to page 100. On the left-hand column, it's going to say 6011, 6012, 6001, or something like that, right? And when you see that... Okay. Our legal right to ask for information is Internal Revenue Code, Section 6001, 6011, and 6012A. And their regulations. Yes, you want me to keep going? Yeah, just a little bit more. 
They say that you must file a return or statement with Stop us. Stop right there. Stop no. right there. Reread that. Uh, they say that you must file a return or statement. Stop with us. right there. Stop right there. What did that just tell you? It says that you may make a statement. Nope. It says you must file a return or statement. statement. So if you do a statement, put it on a piece of paper, mail it back. You're good for this year. That's what it says. (laughs) There you go. Isn't that? Wait a minute. Isn't that what it says? That's what it says. You say your wife is ugly. That's a statement. There it is. You're done for this year. When I was in front of the judge, the judge says, is there a reason you won't file? I said, well, yeah, you don't have to. I saw the IRS agent's wife, and she was fat and ugly. There you go. See? (laughs) Now there's your statement. So you're good for this year. So, again, see, I read the stupid book, and, and, and this is what happens when you read it. Now they're mad at me, and, and the judge says, well, that's not what it says. I said, okay. Then it says you must file a, uh, you must file a return and poke the judge in the eye with your middle finger. That must be what it says. Maybe it says oh, go over there. See? Go over there and kick the uh, IRS agent. I said, that's what it says. You must file a return. That's what it says. Or statement. So it's saying you must file a return or you must file a statement. That's what it says in their own book. Okay, so we got that, a caller. We got a caller from Texas that has their hand raised. All right. Texas. Oh. Go ahead. Hey, Tad? Yes. Hey, it's Jonathan. Jonathan, go hey. ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so um, I I um, filed the petition. I got back the notification of um, I need to pay the filing fee. And um, so I actually hold on. Had, hold on. Is it a notification or or is it an order? It's a notification of receipt of petition, and then they're stating, okay, then. Uh, do you need help with your tax court case? No. Um, those are attorneys hustling you. Okay. So do you so have the, an the, order um, to pay the uh, the filing no, fee? No. Yes, there is actually an order. Yeah, the order okay. is the next, the third page after that. Yeah, there's an order. Ordered that honor before the third of August. Pay. Yeah. There's no shall pay or whatever. You know, you probably have seen this before. Um, do you want to read it all? Um, so now I refile it with along with the letter. So I've actually filed my returns, you know. So I can't file a. Uh, they didn't file for me with a. Um, uh, I forget what you call it. Um, I can't use that because I actually filed the return, right? Right, but now, how much do you owe them? You filed your own 1040 for them. How much do you owe them? Um, for like four four years, like 80000 But they have all a bunch of penalties and stacked up, too. That's okay. 
as soon as they do the penalties, they changed your return, didn't they? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, in order for well, that to happen. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they changed my return. They just changed, they just adding on to what I owe. Like, they, technically, well, they, they won't say, I don't believe that they will say they would change my return. And I haven't okay. seen evidence that they have. Okay. So I don't know that. Here's, okay, then here's my evidence. You owe them 80000 according uh-huh. to your figure to your figures. You get a letter yes. in the mail saying you, you owe 80000 in one dollar. Now there's a controversy. How did that dollar get in there? Did they PFA pick from the air and just put a dollar there? There has to be an assessment. Now there's an assessment of a dollar that's different than you told them. So where did that dollar come from for the assessment? Where did it come from? Came from uh, late fees, interest on what That's I owe it. them, okay. they say. Now, let's go back to what I told you. You carry a baseball bat into a 7-Eleven. That's not illegal. When you crack the guy on top of the head and take his money, that's the, uh, the, the it's not, they can tell you anything they want. Or threaten, or threaten to crack him on the head, and you, know, you don't have to actually that, do that's it. That's exactly right. See, now, there is an assessment. That assessment is penalties and interest. Number one, okay. our, pen, our penalties and interest legitimate in a tax return. Huh. Oh, well, they well, think they are, but I don't. Okay. But well, I don't know the code. Okay, I think you owe Tad $10,000. Go ahead and send him a check. He'll take it. Make, it. make it payable to him right, right there and mail it to him. I don't care what you think, and I don't care what the law says. If you don't, uh-huh. then Tad and I are going to come down there with a bat and crack you on the head. See? Uh-huh. I don't know if it is or not. See, the point that I'm making to you is filing a tax return is not necessarily right or wrong. You don't, okay, do you know what the, okay, then what is income? You, you had income, did you not, in order to fill the 1040 out? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, I, I consented you, that I did, yes. Okay, then what is income? So everybody on the call can hear you. Um, well, what I know that it is and what they claim okay. it is are two different things, but, but which okay, one definition? Again, there you go again, see? Well, just because you think the law is I can't crack the guy on the head with the bat and I think it's okay to do it, doesn't matter. What does the law say? If we bring the law... The actual them, law, yeah. There you go. What what is income? Um, Are you in front of your computer? Yes. Okay. Type in Title Thirty One, Section Three Two Three Hundred and Twenty One. When it pops up, I'm going to let you read it to everybody on this call. Does anybody else? While he's doing that, does anybody else have a question? No. Well, See, I do. Not, okay, I don't care about you. <laughs> no. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm kidding. Go ahead. So you're saying that if we file a return and there's a bill and we didn't pay it, and then they come back and they have a number that's higher than what we put down, that's a substitute for return? Wait a second. <laughs> okay. You you answer your own question. You do a tax return and you owe $10,000 and you don't pay it. 
You get a bill in the mail for $10,001. Okay. The assessment, has the assessment changed? Yes. How did it change? Uh, other than being higher, I'm not sure how they figured it. Okay. Penalties and interest, no problem. Okay. They had to do an assessment. The only way to do an assessment is to do a, a, a substitute for return. As soon as they do it. Okay. As soon as they do it, they lose their ability to collect it because you owe them ten thousand, not ten thousand one dollar. Therefore, you can go to the court and have it changed because if they changed your return, okay. If you will, Tad, pull up uh, the the uh, uh, five point one point one one point. And just read where they can do them at. See, they can't change it for a 1040. If you did a 1040 and it's changed in any way, it doesn't say, well, they can change it if you owe penalty and interest. Then they can do it. It says a substitute for return for a 1040 is fraud. Uh, substitute for returns. Huh? Um, okay, I've got the... Uh... Just read what they, it's 941, 942, 943. Read that section that they, they, they have a right to do one for. Uh, I'm looking at that page that you gave me. 5.1.11.6.8. Yep. Following returns may be prepared, signed, and executed by revenue officers under the authority of IRC 6020B. 940, 941, 943, 944, 720, 2290, CT-1, 1065, IRM 1.2.44.5. That's okay. It. That's it. So if you did a 10-40, but the 941 doesn't mean you. That doesn't mean you. So therefore, that wouldn't count. If they can't do a, an, an, uh, if they can't do a substitute for return, how can they do it for penalty and interest? It is not the it is not the penalty and interest. It's the act. Just like when I asked you when we went to the bank, if you rob a bank with a hammer or a gun, which one goes to jail? Both. Why? Because it's not the hammer. Hammers aren't illegal. Guns aren't illegal. No, but robbing the bank is. The part that's illegal is the substitute for return. If you did a $10,000, okay, so. they want... Listen, what, that's right. That's what it says. I'm not saying that. Well, wait a minute. So okay. what you're saying is... No, I'm not saying it. That's saying it. 5.1.1. Okay, hold that's it. Hold it. So I know that they did a substitute for return for two years, but I've got a, some other years that I have bills for that they keep increasing the amount. Okay. Then the, so okay. now I need they, to add those other years as having substitute for returns. Duh. I, that's what I mean. That's new. See, I haven't heard that before. That's because you never asked. I, this is only my third. <laughs> wait a minute. This is only my third time here. I, I can't give you... The, 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 well, the Internal me, Revenue Code let, is 30,000 pages. Let me ask you, you this. Can I reach through Absolutely. the phone and smack you upside the head? Would you? At least I asked. 
That's right. See? No, but what I'm trying to tell you, a substitute for return. Tell me what a substitute for return is, Tad. What is it? Basically, it's there. It's some agent somewhere in the IRS that is refiling your tax return. They changed your assessment. Right. Do you agree to that? Okay. Did they? If you owe them ten thousand and you don't pay it, now you owe them twelve thousand. Did they change your assessment? Yes. Then what? Did, how did they do that? Substitute for return. Bingo. Guess what? Can't do that. They just lost their ability to collect that ten thousand dollars. We've been doing this to them for years. Now that they can't do it, guess what? They lost their jurisdiction. When you go to the court, they're going to tell you they didn't have jurisdiction. So it doesn't matter what you owed anyways, because if they don't have jurisdiction, they can't do the assessment. It can't be done. See? Wow. It's not what it says. Well, you just... Okay, well, it's a good thing that my case was finally dismissed because now i got to change it and reflect a whole bunch more. That's fine. But see, the reason they can't do the, the, the SFR, you have to sign it. You have to agree to it. If that's not true, then I'm going to send you an invoice for retiling your bathroom. But you didn't do it. Doesn't matter. You got the assessment. You better pay me, or I'll take I'll take you to court and take your house. That's what they're doing. Now that guy that was looking up Title Thirty One for me, did you did you find it? Uh, yes, I I found right. a on um, law.cornell.edu. I don't care. Now go to Title Thirty One, Section Three Twenty One. D is D is D is in dog, the number two. And would you read would you read that please? Three twenty one section what? D D is in dog, the number two. Read that. Didn't go that far. Yeah, it does. Well, the one I, I the link I'm on didn't go that far. Hold on. Okay. I now it's me to download something. No, that's, that's not the okay. right link. Go to Google now, Tad. Does that make sense to you? Well, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. If you were married and you had an affair with a woman, define uh-huh. affair. Define what? Affair. Oh. Hey. Relation, uh, sexual relation with somebody other than your wife. Okay, if you reach your hand under her blouse, would that be something to do with sex? Could be. See? <laughs> ask, ask your wife. I'll bet you she was a well, of course. See? It says the SFR cannot be done. So if you do a 1040 and you owe the money and you haven't paid it, they cannot raise it because they have to give you another assessment. In order to do an assessment, they would have to do an SFR. As soon as they do the SFR, they lose their jurisdiction to collect. That's the law. I didn't make it up. That's what it says. Wow. IRM, read that again. Internal Revenue Manual, read that so the p- section so they can oh. pick it up or, or, or tell them where it's at on your website so they can pick it up. 
Well, yeah, it's youhavetheright.com. Click on Tax Freedom with Kerry, and it goes to the page, and right now it is second from the last. It's titled, it's under the section Support Materials, Substitute for Returns. You can download it. That's where I'm reading it it from, and so I'm going to read it again. Okay. Uh, Where did I start off? The following returns may be prepared, signed, and executed by revenue officers under the authority of the Internal Revenue Code 6020B, Form 940, Employer's Annual Federal Unemployment Tax Return, B, Form 941, Employer's Quarterly Federal Tax Return, C, Form 943, Employer's Annual Tax Return for Agricultural Employees. D, Form 944, Employer's Annual Federal Tax Return. Uh, E, Form 720, Quarterly Federal Excise Tax Return. Uh, F, Form 2290, Heavy Vehicle Use Tax Return. Uh, G, Form CT-1, Employer's Annual Railroad Retirement Tax Return. H, Form 1065, U.S. Return of Partnership Income. And 2, Pursuant to IRM 1.2.44.5, Delegations of Authority, Order Number 182, Rev, dated 5-5-1997, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so every one of them are commercial returns. They right. can't do it for the individual because they don't have jurisdiction and it is it is voluntary. I'll send you over a testimony. I'll send it to you tomorrow. A testimony where it says our tax system is based on voluntary compliance. And it shows the man who's in charge of the IRS saying so. And it came out of, I'll send that to you that way. It's, it, it's not going to win your case, but it's it's fun to watch or look at. Mm-hmm. I'll send that over to you. Now, does that answer your question? Okay, well, the, guy yeah. who, okay the guy that was going to read that, would you read that? Yeah, I got it now. Now read it. Uh, the Secretary of the Treasury may accept, hold, administer, and use gifts and bequests of property, both real and personal, for the purpose of aiding or facilitating the work of the Department of the Treasury. Gifts and bequests of money and the proceeds from sales of other property received as gifts or bequests shall be deposited in the Treasury in a separate fund and shall be dispersed on order of the Secretary of the Treasury. Am I reading the right thing? Yes. Okay, property accepted under this paragraph and the proceeds thereof shall be used as nearly as possible in accordance with the terms of the gift or bequest. That was D1, yeah. Yes, I know, but I want you to read D2 because it says uh, federal income defined. That's okay. For purposes, okay, you're right. That's okay. So, for purposes of the federal income, estate, stop and right gift there. taxes. Stop right there. For the purposes of federal income, my question is, mm-hmm. when you do a 1040, what are you doing? Federal income, am I correct? 
Yes, that's what. Now read it. Now read it and think of it that way. Start over and read that portion again. For the purposes of the federal income, estate, and gift taxes, property accepted under paragraph one shall be considered as a gift or bequest to or for the use of the United States. Okay, stop right there. Now tell me, what is federal income? Uh, a gift? Uh-huh. Or, be considered a gift or a bequest. There it is. So when, huh. you, when you go to work and get a paycheck, is it a gift or a bequest? Uh, I don't know what the definition of bequest is. Uh, it's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> well... I don't know. Maybe there's two or something. Okay. Uh, okay. That's fine. okay. Then here's my question: Will you come work for me? Because I don't give gifts, buddy. I need a guy to come tomorrow and help me unload a truck. Would you expect uh, to get no. paid? Would you? Why not? Wait. You don't give gifts. That's right. I give money. I give cash. Okay. Yes, I would. Well, maybe oh. not really, but see, see the problem. <laughs> Okay, now my question is, if I gave you $100 for helping me unload the truck, is that a gift? No. Then how, then, duh, see? Yeah. That's that's why what we're doing works. That's why when the IRS tells you, well, you owe $10,000, we're putting, uh, we're going to put penalty and interest on it. We're going to change your return. None of that matters. It don't work. Now, I'm going to tell this for you. What I want you to do is go to the 1040 and look up, read line 22. That tells you that's your total income. Then go to the booklet and read line 22, and it'll define it for you. When you do that, okay. it'll hack your it'll hack your hiney off. Hey, uh, Chad. Yes. Okay, were you looking something up? No. Okay. Um, do you have to ask them? Do they have anybody have any more questions? Yes, we have two people. Well, that's too bad. It's too late. I'm tired. No, go ahead now. I'm kidding. <laughs> North Central Orange County. Oh, Lord. Go ahead. It's one of them oranges. Hi, Carrie. Yeah. Um, my question is regarding what do you think about affidavits of rescission or revocement of signatures on all former tax returns? Do those okay. do any good? And if you do... Do you just send it to them, or do you wait Here's, until you okay. have an issue to bring it out? It does. Okay, it's not about you. I've heard people do that, and it doesn't help. Now, are you married, ma'am? No. Okay, if you were married, and I went to a garage sale, and your birth and your marriage license was there, and I bought it, who would you be married to? <laughs> not, not you. What? Well, wait, I, bought, wait, I bought the marriage license. What if I paid five hundred dollars for it? <laughs> See, that's what you're asking me. I already signed them. It ain't about you. Don't you remember me telling you that? See, okay. how, how is the how is the ten forty going to hurt you? I heard this all my life. Tell me how how is the ten forty going to hurt you? You're the first one who's brought up that they really don't mean anything. Okay. Okay. Tell me what the meaning to you is. Is it a contract? 
When you sign the 1040, does it make you a contract? Doesn't it say under penalty of perjury on it? Absolutely, under penalties of perjury. Now, the, now what? All but I don't know it's not a contract because it's not bilaterally signed and there's no consideration. See? So what I'm going to do, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a bill in the mail. I'm a contractor for $10,000. I'm going to sign under penalties of perjury that you owe me $10,000, and I'm going to send it to you. Do I have to, do I have to go in and re, resend my signature? Well, why not? done is done. What's done is done. <laughs> no, because I don't have a contract with you. What if you don't pay me? Well, then I'll jack it up higher. I'll just make it even more money. So what? I, I don't have the right to do that either. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion. When I look okay. at this, I say, you're saying, well, let's do an affidavit and rescind your signatures. Okay, let's say, okay, I'm going to say, yeah, let's do that. For Why cause. would you? For cause, due to fraud okay. and, and undisclosed. Well, okay, then here's my question, okay? I'm going to defraud you. I'm fraudulently going to send you a bill in the mail. I'm telling you up front, it's fraud. You don't pay it. Would I have to rescind my signature? See, fraud no, eliminates the mail what, fraud. <laughs> okay, but see what happens when you do. If I have a fraudulent document that I push, what do you what do you uh, and and you paid for ten years? You paid me for a fraudulent form. Now, here's my question: Why do you have to rescind that? Because for fraud means nothing. So when you go back, two thousand to twenty seventeen. And, uh, and the court says they didn't have jurisdiction. They're telling you right there that it's fraud. All you got to do then is get all those 1040s that you signed that they took money, put them in a stack, and I'll tell you where to mail them to get paid. Would that be good? Is that an OID process? Uh, is that a what? An OID process? No. No, it is not. Oh, I like that take, idea. You're going to – well, see – so so if you rescind your signatures, none of that would work because they're going to say, well, she rescinded her signature, so she right. kills the deal. See? I In other it. words, if you, if you look at this the way I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it different than you because you're thinking that, that you signed it under penalties of perjury. That's a fact. But here's the problem. Did you know that in the tax booklet it said you could file a statement? Did you know that? No. Then why? Then why would you? Then, then then who frauded you? They wrote it right there in black and white. Okay. The problem is if you don't if you don't pay it or you don't send me the money, I'm going to crack your head open with a baseball bat. Well, then let me do it so I don't have to go get stitches. See, so so I done it through fraud. So if fraud is involved, you're not liable for it. But if fraud is involved. Hmm? If if we do a statement, you know, is it best to just say, per your IRS manual, I have no income? Nope. Whatever. Nope. Here's my because now you've made a legal determination. What I would say is, I would say, I would tear that page out, I would highlight it, and I would say, eat shit and die, and staple it, and mail it to them. <laughs> okay. I get See, the point. That's a statement, right? Isn't that a statement? That's a statement. The sky is blue and the grass is green. Is that a statement? Yes, it is. 
staple it together, highlight that page, and send it back. Okay. I'm just telling you okay. what I'm just telling you what it says. Now let me ask you another question. Okay. Do you mind? Of course. What not. size? What size? Okay. What size of shoes do you wear? Uh, uh, seriously? Yeah. Seven and a half. <laughs> now ask me the same question. What size shoes do you wear? A 10, 11, or a 12. A 13 feels so good, I buy 14. <laughs> Wait a minute. Because, because, let me ask you a question. If I gave you a boot that's a size 14, could you put your, would your foot go in it? Oh, yes. Would that be wearing it? Yeah. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. It's all <laughs> word semantics. See? It's that's word semantics. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, now, now that you said that, I was in court one day, and I was accused of using semantics. Do you know what semantics means? What's the exact definition? Well, see, you said to me, you said that's word semantics. I'm not t- pecking on you at all. I want you to understand. You said I, it's word semantics. What does the word word semantics mean? Well, I would add the word with some deceit. Semantic deceit. <laughs> okay, semantics. What does the word semantics mean? Simile, something that's the same, sounds the same, but it's not, it's different, and can be used for purposes of deception. Okay, or now let me tell you what it is. Let me tell, track, let me tell you what it says in the dictionary. Semantics, knowing the truth of words and phrases. That is semantics. I use them all oh. the time because I'm, I'm not a liar. That's what the word semantics means. I was wow. in court and they... I was in court, and the and the uh, prosecuting attorney said he's using semantics. I said, Your Honor, she is correct. I use them. Yes, I do. But the real question is, does the attorney? <laughs> she said, Absolutely not. So I asked the judge to look it up, and he did. And it says, knowing the truth in words and <laughs> phrases. I said to him, I said, Looks to me like there's only one of us in here that's a liar. Wow. <laughs> that's a good one. See, no, see, what we have to understand is when I asked you what size of shoe you wore, you said five and a half. I said, if I gave you a 14, would your foot fit in it? You said yes. Well, would that mean you're wearing it? What did you say? Yes. So, you're, so you do lie. You don't use, see, you are a liar. You, you said five and a half, now 14. See, you asked me and I said a 10, 11, or a 12. A 13 feels so good, I buy a 14. So tell me what size mm-hmm. I wear. Whatever I put my mm-hmm. foot in, I'm wearing. That's what the, that's mm-hmm. what it says. Wow. Now yeah, go to Black's Law Dictionary. Yes, go to the Black's Law Dictionary. Open it up and look up nut job, and you'll know what I look <laughs> like. My pictures. That's my pictures there. Black? No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 All right, so we got one other question. Yes. Last one for the night. Okay. Big bad John Bo buddy. Bobo Hi guys. Hey. Hello. Hey, what's up? I have uh, uh some things that I have noticed here about the US Inc. And I'm leading up to my question, but just let me say this. 36,000 yes. guillotines are in Montana bought by government. Uh, train cars are in 
various states with manacles and shackles and benches, 850 FEMA camps built nationwide, more than Hitler ever dreamed of. The DOJ fraud of fast and furious and, and ongoing continuous fraud leading to the death of thousands in Mexico, many dead in America, dealing giving high-powered machine guns to drug dealers. We have the shadow government, the deep state, black ops, cannot be stopped or controlled even by Senate or Congress or the president. Why would we honestly pay taxes for something we know nothing of and is actually being geared up to harm all Americans? Well, let me tell you what I think, okay? Taxes, number one, are not what you think they are. The reason we're paying taxes is because every dollar that's spent is borrowed. So what happens is the Federal Reserve note becomes so polluted or diluted, it's no good. It becomes worthless. So what the reason we're paying taxes is to get to take skim off the top so that they can keep the scam going. Now, the rest of that okay. Should... Well, it, well, that was the question. The, the thing is, if they're gearing up to kill Americans who believe in freedom, why would anyone pay someone to kill them? I understand that. That's that. That's a, that, that, that. Why would somebody say? I won't say that because it'll make the, the the lady said semantics means twisted. Well, it's because we don't know any better. We just don't know. So so what you're saying makes sense. See, you're going to have to do what you want to do, but I'm telling you what the law says. I don't get into all that. Uh, political stuff. I'm not arguing with you that you're right or you're wrong. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know what the 1040 booklet says. And I showed yes. you there tonight. That's what it says. So the question is, I, I'm not telling you not to file a 1040. I'm not saying that. I'm saying file one if that's what you want to do. I'm telling you what it says in the 1040 booklet and what it says on the 1040. What it says on the 1040 and what it says on the 1040 booklet if you fall in that category, file it. Then if Thanks. we realize also, though, that the IRS has never been ratified by Senate or okay. Congress and actually is operating out of the Dominican Republic, what okay. in the world are we doing here? I, I'm, okay. you know, it's confusing okay. if we well, would pay hey, anything ever. Let them, let them answer. Okay. Here's, here's the problem with what you're saying. That's old school. You can argue that to your blue in the face, but it's not going to matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is that they're not ever. You're never going to get them to admit that on the stand. So don't. So so why talk about it? What I'm trying to do here is show you a way to use their words, their books, their forms, and keep all of your money. I don't care what you do. You want to go argue the deep state? Go fight them. Go go ahead and do it. You yeah. want to stand there? You want to go ahead and tell me that there's 650 FEMA camps? That's fine. You want to tell me I I file I I'm paying for them? There's nothing I can do about that either. What I'm trying to tell you is there's a lot of people that are out there right now that have IRS knocking at their door, taking their Social Security. How is not how is a FEMA camp going to help the guy who hasn't eaten in three days? See, we're going to give you some tools 
the reason it sounds strange is I'm giving you offensive tools. We're not on defense anymore. If you're doing what I'm doing, we're on offense. Are you a football? I agree. Do, you know anything, do you know anything about football? Yeah, I used to play it. Okay, now here's my question. You're on your team and I have my team. Your team is on defense from the from the uh, 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 you kick off. No, I would kick. Let's see. You kick off to me. You never touch the ball. I have the football the entire game. What are the odds of you winning? Slim to none. All right. What are the odds of me winning if I never turn over the ball? Slim to none. <laughs> see? What I'm trying to tell you is that's where we've always been. We've always had the football watching it come after us. And what do we do? We tackle them. All right. They got it. They got, they got, they need one inch and they get another first down. They got another first down. Then they keep running at us. And we're, all we're doing is we're, we're, we're playing this game on defense. Roy stepped up to the plate, went on offense, and he's still at home. If he would have went on defense, you know, do you know where he would be right now? Serving a five-year sentence. Ouch. See? Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not telling you anything about FEMA. I'm not, I don't care about that. I do care. I understand what you're saying, but here's my question. You're still on defense. Tell me what you're going to do about it. Find a way to defeat it. This is I'm trying to show you a way to get offense, put the kicking shoe on your foot, and walk into the courtroom. See, now I agree. Uh, I, I now agree. We, I've been in the court enough to know so many times that the best thing to do is if you can use their words and their little right. regulations and stipulations against them. Have it you, really screws them up. It trips them up right. big time. Right. You said you've been in court. Have you ever had a judge tell you, do you have a license to practice law? Have you ever had him say that to you? Not yet, but I know what to say. <laughs> All right. See? I got the same license as that attorney see? over there. That's right. See, that's, see, that's what they asked he me. That's what I told you. That's right. See, and so yeah. see, these are these are offensive moves. See, I'm not telling you you're going to win. Well, I'm not see, even telling you. I I learned that from you. I'm listening to that's you, right. and I'm learning. I'm not saying, oh no, I wouldn't say that. I would gladly say that. I'd be happy to say that. Right. <laughs> see, what I'm trying to give you is. Because I think a little different than most people on this call. You got to. You got to. Yes. And so what I'm trying to show you is what we have is we have a, a procedure using their books. I showed you what it said in their book. If the judge takes you to court, the CID takes you to court, one, you pull out your court order. They don't have jurisdiction. The judge says, well, why don't you file? Now, here's the problem. I told him I did file. He said, do you file? I said, every year. Yeah, absolutely. He says, well, why don't we ever get the, well, we don't have any of your returns. I said, well, yeah, I know. Did you read that book? The book don't tell me to mail it. There's nowhere in that book that says mail it. <laughs> hey, that's what the book said. So the IRS agent says, well, you can't use our book to do the taxes. I said, good. On line 22 where it says income, I got $100 million there. How do I know where to? Pay? How much do I pay? He says, "Go to pay." The judge says, "You can't use your book. You just said that." So now they're stuck. See, every time they tell me something, I go to their writing. I'm on offense. I'm on offense from the morning when I wake up in the morning. I'm on offense. I stay on offense until I go to bed. See? Wow. Yeah. I don't. 
I don't win every fight. No, I don't. But we win a lot of them, and I had one on the phone tonight. Roy, Roy won. See, he would right now. He would be in prison right now. He had, and he would have a five-year run. Thank he's God. enjoying. That's right. He's won. I have three other ones that were in the same boat as Roy. We did, we did a very similar thing. We're on offense. We're not on defense anymore. Because if Roy tries to fight this on defense, he's going to say, well, I'm here by special appearance. See? I'm a living, breathing man. So what? He's going to say, well, I bought that woman's uh, uh, marriage license. Doesn't matter what he did. See, it ain't about him. No. What it's about, and what it's about, it's about the Internal Revenue Service, and whether they do what the law says. If they don't, you appeal to a higher court. When you get there, see, eventually you'll get to the Supreme Court if that's what it takes. See. True. Well, that, Have you ever thought? Might... I just, I wanted to ask one thing. If you ever did this, have you ever used the fact that they all work for us? I'm not every one of them, all the way to the Supreme Court. They work for us. We don't work for them unless we want to be a tax debtor slave. Okay. Okay, oh. here's here okay, here's the next question. Let me are you a taxpayer? Yeah, that can have a lot of ramifications. I fill out no, the can't. form. That's not what I asked you. Are you a taxpayer? If necessary. <laughs> Boy, see? See? That's the problem we have. That's a defensive move, but That's a defensive move. I know. I just passed the ball. <laughs> see? Uh, I would say that I, I am. I have paid taxes. I pay taxes all the time. I buy gasoline. There's 25 right. to 50 cents on every gallon of gasoline. Have you? Or diesel. Okay. Have you ever filed a 1040 form? Yes. Well, what difference does that make? That's not a contract. It don't matter. That's not a tax return. It's a gift tax. That's a gift or bequest form. Okay. You just read, see? Yeah, I just learned that. <laughs> see? So if it's, a, if it's a gift, and then let me ask you this. Have you ever in the past filled out a 1040 form, paid too much money, and then the IRS gave you a refund check? Has that ever happened in your lifetime? No. And once a government agent gets something from you, you're done. Okay. You never see it again. Okay. So nobody on this call has ever sent in their money, filled out a 1040, and then the IRS gave them a a refund check. Has that ever happened to anybody? If it has, uh, hit hit number star eight. eight. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. I'm learning. I'm learning your procedure. I like it, actually. Thank they you, don't buddy. refund you. The Treasury does. There you go. See that? The Treasury refunds you. So the IRS takes your money, and then the Treasury refunds it. There's something wrong with this picture. If well, I buy the IRS a general... is supposed to be a signed agent of the Treasury. Didn't they contract with them for that? Isn't that how that works? Doesn't matter. I don't know how that works because I don't know because I use what they gave me. So when you do your taxes, do you feel a tax return out? 
the lady that was talking? Well, yeah, if I did my taxes. Okay. All right. Do you fill out a 1040 form? Well, yes. Yes, what I did them, yes. See? Then if this just seems to me, when you mail it in, where do you mail it to? Uh, and at the, your local regional IRS. IRS. You mail it to the IRS. Correct. Then why don't the IRS write you a check? Well, that's a good point. But See? I that's a good question. agent with them. I did, I don't. I understand. All right. If you buy a if you buy a brand new Chevy, and you get your you get the a loan from GMAC, who do you mail your check to? Ford Motor Credit. <laughs> oh, oh. No, and you know what? I don't remember who the checks are made out to when you send it in with the 1040. Isn't it to the IRS? Huh, ain't that something? Or it's made out to the Treasury. Or it's made out to the I forget. Yeah, see? But what I'm trying to tell you then is if I don't owe the IRS money, what gives them the power to come. They're a collection agency. If I don't owe the IRS money, what gives them the power to come? Nothing. See? Yeah, as presumption. Okay, now we're on offense. <laughs> what we're trying to do is I'm trying to show you an offensive move. And that offensive move is to understand what they're saying and talk in their language. Oh, I like the idea. I, have Thanks. you ever used the part uh, of the people, by the people, for the no. people, we the people are supposed no. to be in charge of this freaking mess? Yes, I understand right. that. But but you're not. See, I've used the first Yeah, amendment. trust me, I know we're not. But we should okay. be. Well, it was designed not. that way by our founding mm-hmm. fathers. Well, okay, right. but it's not. So you have to deal with it the way that it is. Yeah, that's right. And once they gave our money away, now we're on the Federal Reserve. Everything changed. So now we have to use what we have. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's say you go to the Hague and you get a judgment against the IRS agent from the Hague. And it's unbelievable. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. How are you going to are you going to go to the Hague sheriff and take the Hague sheriff to the guy's house and take his car? It'd probably be kind of difficult because That's of right. jurisdiction. About, no, because they don't have a Hague sheriff. How about this? Go to, go <laughs> oh, to I a, know that. All right, then go to the common law court. The common law court gives you a judgment against the Internal Revenue Service agent. How are you going to have that judgment? Uh, 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 how are you going to get that uh, adjudicated? Gonna That's going to end with... up just like what happened with trying to arrest the Pope. You're going to get beat up. <laughs> there you go, because they don't have a common law sheriff. So you know where you go? You go to the tax court. You go to the United States District Court. You go to the – why? Because now we're using their stuff they've already got in place. If they don't rule properly, you right. appeal. You don't win them all, and if you go directly after the the IMF or the uh, Federal Reserve or the bank, you'll probably lose that one because they'll throw their life away before they'll give that up. But the IRS is not – they're not that difficult if you do 
what you're supposed to do. The problem we're having is we have these theories. And I've asked people at, at the beginning, how do you give the court jurisdiction? Well, you speak. Nope. See? Hmm. How do you give a court jurisdiction? Tell me how you do that. Uh, by giving I, them I, that $60 fee or agreeing I to their terms. By answering? No, you, you don't. can't. And, and you can't. also, you need to object constantly. Okay. Again, no, you, that doesn't do it either. Let me explain it to you this way. You want to get a divorce. You go to the federal district court. The federal district judge gives your wife your money, the house, both cars, the dogs, your savings account, your retirement, and you got to pay her $1,000 a month. What did she just get? Nothing. Nothing, because there's no subject matter jurisdiction there. No, sir. You're incorrect. Subject matter jurisdiction makes no difference. They had no... That's correct. That's what I guess you're calling it. Okay, so now we're going to go back. We're going to go back and talk to the judge. The wife is going to say, "Your Honor, I give you jurisdiction. I'm going to jump up and down six times, poke my right ear, my right finger, and my left ear. I'm going to say, um, Hallelujah." Now, does he have jurisdiction? No. Okay. How about if the husband and the wife both? Go there and tell him he's got it. They sign a document saying, I give you jurisdiction. Under penalties of perjury, I give you jurisdiction. Does he have it now? No, but they got the gun. That's not what I asked you. You can't give it to them. No, they still don't have it. That's right. So how do you give the court jurisdiction? Go ahead. Go right ahead. Subcontract, if you consent, you give them the jurisdiction. No. Nope. The federal federal district court does not do uh, divorce cases. You can't give it to them. So there is no jurisdiction there. That's right. And you can't give it to them. So if I buy your marriage license at a garage sale, are you married to me? No. (laughs) Hey, you never know. They might be a hot thing. Are you saying when they start their resentment to your mailbox that you just don't answer them? It just escalates from there. Do you wait That's until right. they try to get jurisdiction in court? No, they can't because, get it. Because they're going to lean and levy in the meantime. Okay, what you do is you go to the court. You do your work homework up front. See, when you get to the court, you ask this court, does this court have jurisdiction? They're going to say yes. The Supreme Court says that once you challenge it, it has to be proven. Now, the judge asked me something one day in court. He says, do you have a license to practice law? I said, I have the same license the attorney has. He said, well, I'm not buying that. You have jurisdiction. I told him, I said, I mean, do you have a license? I said, I have the same license as he does, and I can prove it because it's in the same folder with your jurisdiction. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I do have somebody else that has their hand raised. And that Go right will, ahead. Go ahead. This will be our last call for the evening. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, hey, how's it going? Um, all right, Jonathan. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so um, 
Yes, I love everything I'm hearing, except I just wanted to clarify some of the procedure on the um, on the website for what to do. So, like, I'm just basically going back to the meat and potatoes of everything. I got the order to file for the filing fee. Now I'm going to re-send the uh, petition. And um, I noticed there was a couple of new letters, the sample letter to the clerk. And then there was also the, uh, what is it, the, the other letter about um, the Supreme Court ruling on natural individuals entitled, you know, um, to free access without... To the court. With, to the court without paying a fee, right? Hey, so there that you was go. Just like there. A, like, that was like a notice. It's like telling us, what should I... So um, I'm trying to figure out my next step. And this is what I was talking to Tad earlier about. And he was like, well, let's wait for the call. And then, well, there may be some changes to what you're going to do. So I'm still not clear on what I've got to do. Um, and now that I have Tad and you on the line at the same time, maybe I can just, we can clarify all that. Um, so, um, so petition kit, uh, resend it without the filing fee again, of course. Um, also send the sample letter to the clerk of court, except do I send it to the clerk that it's on the letter? Which is what Angela D. Caesar. Okay, what That's is the, the what is the what does the letter say? This is the sample letter from on the, um, the website, the TAD's website, you have the right. Um inquiry, inquiry regarding uh, jurisdiction. Dear okay. Angela Caesar, please confirm for me in writing whether the United States District Court for the District of Columbia has jurisdiction right. over the Internal Revenue Services. That's, so that's a separate one issue. Yeah, but that's for, okay. that's for your that's for the district court. You're going to tax court, so that one would not be used. Okay, not so free, don't. I was going to send that anyway. That's okay. The, you can. That's fine. I was going to send that one to the so, district court and find out. That's fine. The district court, which is, um, that's where I was. There's so many different courts. So, the not the United States Tax Court, not that one. No. No, so don't, hit the so don't send that. That would be bad if I sent that. I would think that nope. like they're, they're trying to say, hey, you have to pay that this fee. And I'm sending them a letter saying, show me where I have to pay the fee. And then here's also the other letter saying, here's the ruling where it says I do not have to pay the fee. Both that's letters are you, in my next petition. I would think it would be good, but I don't know. No, that's the one you use, the one, the second one you use that says that you don't have to pay it. The other one goes to the district court to see if they have jurisdiction over the IRS. Here's my question to you. If you get picked up by the CID and they take you to court, where are they going to take you? What's the CID again? Uh, Criminal Investigation Division. Oh. They're going to take you to the United States District Court. Okay. If you have a letter from the United States District Court saying the United States District Court does not have jurisdiction over the IRS, where are they going to take you now? I guess they wouldn't. I don't know. Uh, see, you, what you've done is you've you've already headed that one off. Well, that's great, but I don't have that letter yet, and I need. To, I'm trying to force them to give me that letter, right? Okay, then. So, so you take the other letter, the one that says you don't have to pay, and send that in with your uh, amended petition, and send it in. 
Okay, that's what I was asking. So, yeah, so that's to the okay. clerk of court. Uh, you said that's a separate one, wait. No, um, no you're not that? listening. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take that letter and put it on your amended petition. Mail the amended petition to the court. The court or clerk has nothing to do with it. Not there. You can cut and paste that one. On, 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 okay, so on on the um, sample letter, it says to the count clerk of court. That's, this is the my this is exactly my question to Tad. Was do I need to send it to address? Do I need to change it to the to the court that sent me the order to pay the fee? That's what I was thinking I needed okay. to do. That's how I was trying you're, to clarify. You're, okay, with, you're yeah. a, okay, you're asking two I, questions. You're asking two questions, and they both have di- a different answers. You're saying, do you take the ask the court if they have jurisdiction? No. That goes to the district court, and you're asking the district court, do you have jurisdiction on the IRS? That's a separate issue. Then you're gonna then you're gonna go back for the sixty dollars and and tell the court they can't collect the sixty dollars because and he's got the letter that you send with your amended petition. That's two different courts, two different letters, two different issues. Uh, I don't see anything. All I see is United States Tax Court Commissioner of, of Internal Revenue. Um, so it's confusing to me when you say the district court or the other court, because I don't see that on this notice or order. Okay. Okay. One that has that that says the clerk, dear clerk, do you have jurisdiction? Tell me who that, who that letter is made out to. Angela D. Caesar, clerk of court, U.S. district court. Okay. District court. See, U.S. district court. So I stay, I keep it and send it to that address. that's on this letter. There you go. That's going okay. to tell you if the district court has jurisdiction over the IRS. So I send the petition, that's in the petition to the district no. court? No, okay. you're not listening. Okay. You uh, have okay. two Hold issues. On. Hold on, Jonathan. The petition goes to the tax court. The amended okay. petition goes to the tax court. Okay? That's one issue right there. Okay. Now, if you go to the webpage, you'll see... Download step one, starting your tax court case. Mm-hmm. Step two, writing to the U.S. District Court asking for jurisdiction. Those are two separate actions that go two separate places for two separate uh, reasons. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I was wondering. Okay, because it said it just all it says on step two is fill in your name and address and mail it to the clerk of court. So, okay, and this letter is to establish that the U.S. District Court do not have any jurisdiction. So that's where I got a little confused, I guess. Okay. Maybe so. Because, but, uh, because when you're done with the tax court, you know, it, if they want to bring CID after you, then you, and they'll take you to the U.S. District Court. So if you get a letter from the U.S. District Court saying you don't have jurisdiction, now you have evidence to put into a case that says you have no jurisdiction. You said so. Leave me alone. Uh-huh. Right. This court has no jurisdiction. Yeah. Okay, but they're trying to, like, ignore those type of things a little bit and take a while. Well, that's why, you start, that's why you start now. They're not after you now. When they're knocking at your door, you're right, it's too late because they're knocking well, at your door. They're almost knocking at my door. Well, then you should have started it earlier. It's been up there now I, and open for three or four months. 
I started this a long time ago. They they slow down and then they start up again. Because they don't well, get get your case squared away first. That's number one. That's the most important thing you can do is to get that case in there, get the amended, whatever you got to do to get that judgment. That's number yeah. one. Now, yes. Tad, did you get my email tonight? Yes. Hold on. Let that's, me double check. That's the that's the amended petition. Well, it is, but it is. That's okay. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. The amended petition is the petition, but with somebody added the word amended in front of it. Otherwise, it's exactly yes. the same. That's exactly right. That and, came from and it's actually it's worse because nope. there's no way that you can type into it. You have to That's write. Repeating. I understand. That came from the that came from the um, the uh, U.S. tax court. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. You want to see mm-hmm. the envelope it came from? <laughs> you want to see what's written on the top where it says petitioner? You want to see where it says docket number? Yep. They put that in there because they sent that to me. Okay. But it's Based. in PDF. I don't have any way to convert it. Okay. Well, so other than Faith Baxter and docket number 437 whatever, an amended petition, is exactly the same. I told you that. That's why right. I told everybody okay. to write the word amended on it. But some people just like uh, to have it. Well, I'll see what oh, I yeah. can do to get one of my guys to... Add a mention to it and see what we can do. There you go. What this else? Is, okay. All right. Jonathan, okay. does that address your question? Yes. Um, okay. I'm more clear than I was. I still have to go review this call again and make sure okay. I do it right. But yes. Okay. And this call is getting on. It's getting kind of lengthy here. So I'm going to go ahead and end the call. And, uh, Carrie, thank you very much for being here. We'll see you next week. And everybody else, thank you for joining and tell your friends about this call because this is like the most important thing we got going. So, all right, everybody, thank you and good all night. Right. Are you having Carrie. fun yet? Bye. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.